I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. The, the podcast. podcast. Yay. And I'm not Theo. And I'm not Juliet. And I want to know, as I want to know every week, what's shaking bacon? In bacon land, what is going on? Um, well, work, which is always uh, great. I don't know if you've ever heard about working, but um, it's a thing work. you have to do Monday through Friday. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see work and then you know as i mentioned we bought a house and so all the things that go Very with cool. that getting up a... congratulations thank you on one hand thank you and then on the other hand oh god it's there's so much responsibility you're just like so grown so up true. the minute that happens well, you've uh, had a house before you've been grown uh, up before <laughs> i know but i've fallen back into the wonderful <laughs> land of renting which is a double-edged sword because on one uh, hand like oh the roof needs to be replaced not my problem but on the other hand oh it rained and the waters made my mattress wet and when are you going to fix the roof i oh, will fix it when we fix it mm-hmm. so you know there there are curses that come with renting um let's see and then anything yes and then something fun so um my favorite holiday is swiftly approaching which is halloween yay yay i'm starting to feel that like oh i'd like a good ghost story feeling you know like oh i'd like to curl up in a big blanket and read a really good ghost story or watch it so last night i watched the pope's exorcist by netflix something about that i I couldn't figure out if that was the name of a movie or what that was the pope's exorcist so what's going on there it is the name of a movie it is the name of a very dumb movie and Uh yeah and i will say like biggest chicken on the planet totally afraid of everything it doesn't (laughs) there's a ghost right over there oh my god i'm always scared right i live in perpetual fear of (laughs) ghost and the devil right Mm. when i'm alone Yes. Of course, as one does. Of course. That's it. The only time they're going to get me is when there's nobody there to protect me. Yeah. So, very terrified all the time of um, supernatural bullshit happening to me, right? Um, Fine. However, there is an exception, a carve-out, and that is movies about exorcisms. Really? I, And I know why. The scariest movie of all time to me was The Exorcist. All I had to do was, like, think of that scene where her head turns around. Uh Uh-huh. Just think of it. And I'm Uh up until 3 a.m. Oh, no. Right? Uh, If When I'm alone, that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, okay. Fine. Scary. But uh, I got stoned once with some friends and... um, All right. I have to add this background color. Sorry. Brag, brag. We were in Amsterdam (laughs) on a houseboat. And nice. um, it was cool. It was a really cool experience. But because we were in Amsterdam and that's in a different country, mm-hmm. internet, little wonky, um, getting videos hard. So the house had a DVD 
of The Exorcist. And that's what we watched because they also had a giant, like seven foot TV projection thing, like oh, film wow. cameras on the roof, and that shoots the what you're watching onto a wall. Oh, fun. Right. So, okay, great. Big, big production. Right. Um, but there was no, anyway, it doesn't matter. The Exorcist felt like the only choice. Also, as I mentioned, we were stoned. So, great. Put it in. And I was like, okay, I'm here with my two really dear friends. If I get scared, they will hold my hand. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine, right? We laughed throughout the entire film, right? <laughs> it just was so funny to us. And, uh-huh. and all of us had a history with The Exorcist, and we were all afraid of it, right? Uh-huh. Of the movie and, like, you know. Um, and I think everybody may have also been raised Catholic, now that I oh, think wow. about it, yeah. So even more terrifying because because we're right. Catholics, um, and so ha, ah, so <laughs> funny. And now whenever I see an Exorcist film, what I note is how much of the original film they reference and try and rip off. And so this movie yeah. did that very same thing. I it's see. like um, there's that one scene where uh, uh, where the little girl says something like, "Your mother sucks cocks in hell," right? right? And that's so scary in the film. And so in this film, a little boy is possessed and he says something along those same lines, but he takes uh-huh. it another level. And I'm not going to repeat it because okay. I don't know how a child actor was allowed to say this on film. Right. Right. Because he uses the F. I'm going to F. I could say fuck. I am going to fuck you is what the kid says to the priest. Right. And yeah. then he says something even beyond that. Like, wow. not, uh, I was like, ooh, oh, that's a, ooh, oh, but then it was like, oh, you know what they're trying to do? They're taking my, your mother sucks cocks in hell and just, yeah. yes, anding it, trying just making make it, it worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. And so it didn't work. And I laughed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my car. I'm out. surprised you didn't laugh at the original one. That's, I thought it was funny, but it's funny no now, but no, it was terrifying. <laughs> not the first time you saw it now. No, not the and not and not the fifth time I saw it. Like I've seen The Exorcist <laughs> multiple times over the year, and always, always terrified. Right? That's funny. Not anymore. Come at me, Linda Blair. Uh, <laughs> what about you? So that's it. I do not recommend The Pope's Exorcist. It was stupid, right. and it just it, good try, guys. What about you? What's shaking bacon? Um, not a whole lot. Haven't done very much this week except work, and precious little of that, frankly. Um. I, however, am going this coming weekend to the um, the Wildflower Boutique Motel, which sounds both good and not good. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. It was the only place I could get reservations at, basically, um, in Point Arena, which is near a lighthouse that Brent wanted to go check out. So we're going there for the weekend. Um, and then the weekend after that, I go to Palm Springs for my uh, uncle's memorial service. So I'll be there for uh, that weekend. And then after that, I go to um, New Mexico for a couple of weeks um, and come back and go to Stockholm. So, uh, and then after that, <laughs> I go to Joshua Tree. And then after that, I go to New York. So I'll be traveling a little bit over the next couple of months, which is excellent. Good news. I'm looking forward to it very much. I am so super jealous. You could travel too if you wanted to. No, I have to work. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Uh, the, my travel comes with the downside of my not having a job for a while, since my job ends um, in 
early October, then I need to start looking for another job. But I'm sure it will be fine, and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it at all. Not me. I wouldn't worry about it for one second. As a matter of fact, I would quit now and just laugh. That's right. I don't, I don't need the severance pay. I'm just going to quit now. Yeah, just tell those people <laughs> to keep that filthy money, and they can go away. <laughs> I don't need your money. I'm just going to quit now for no reason. <laughs> Yay. Um, so speaking of... Nothing in particular. Um, this week we have, uh, we're t- going to be talking about Shusha. Do you remember Shusha? You were around in the 80s and 90s, so you may have um, come across her in your, your time as a person existing in the 80s and 90s. Did you? Would you believe never, never, really? ever, ever have I heard of this person or this character? I had. Never, ever. And I was um, doing some research and when I got to her Wikipedia page, I was mm-hmm. like, how are you the 37th most influential woman in the world? Yeah. And I have never heard your name. Well, I think the only time I heard of her was when she started her show um, in the U.S. So um, she had a, a national children's show in Brazil that started in 1986 that was on six mornings a week. And it, it made her Brazil's biggest TV star with over 100 million viewers daily at the peak of the show, which is like half of Brazil. So Brazil is like 200 million people. Um, and then the, the show had a cast of apparently a lot of teenage backup dancers who were, interestingly enough, all white. Um, I think that Brazil has about 55% of the country being multiracial or people of color. So it's interesting that her backup dancers were all white. And she, of course, was was white as well. Um, and so building on her television success, and she started to sing, so she got multiple best-selling albums. Uh, she was then a movie star, and she actually owned an amusement park, World of Shusha, which, I mean, you've got to be something if you've got your own amusement park. I don't My know Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Other than Dolly Parton, I don't know of anybody else who has their own amusement park. Do you? I don't think so. Mickey Mouse, but I mean, not really. Yeah, um, it's not a real person. Oh, well, I'm sorry to tell you. Michael Jackson had his own private kind of Never Neverland, yeah. sort of. Yeah. But they're few and far between. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and she also dated Pele Senna, the race car driver, who has his own documentary, which I recommend very highly if you haven't seen it. Um, and she also dated John F. Kennedy Jr. And speaking of Michael Jackson, she has claimed that Michael Jackson proposed to her and asked her to have his children. But she said no, obviously. Um, I would not be surprised if that were true, because I guess he was looking at at some point for a blonde woman to have his children. Uh, we're going to say that Tom Cruise and Michael Jackson definitely both uh, were doing the wife shopping thing through their publicist, where it was yeah. like the publicist came up to the woman and said, have you ever thought about marriage to Michael Jackson? <laughs> what would you say to something like that? You know, uh, what a weird question. <laughs> I would be like, are we going to have sex or can we do this clinically? Yeah, exactly. Creepy. I don't want to go there. Um, uh, let's move oh, on. Oh, and money also. Before, <laughs> oh, yeah, how much? Yeah, right. Before the syringes are pulled out, listen, <laughs> I need money. A lot of it. We need it's to mine. talk about the money. Yeah. Yeah. So she also had her own comic books. She had her own clothing line and she had her own dolls. Um, and of course, she was compared to Barbie for her look because she was thin. She had long legs, she had blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, and for her, uh, I guess, her, her um, empire, she was compared to Madonna. Um, so maybe she was compared to the, 
it's called the Brazilian Madonna, probably. Somebody's probably called her that. Um, and she did, as I mentioned, she did have an American TV show in 1993, but she had a hard time speaking English, and she also had a, a really tough schedule because I think she was still doing her six-day-a-week morning show in Brazil at the time of the American show. Um, so she had a hard time with that, and the show was not successful. I don't know how long it went on for, but I don't think a year. So, um, But that's the first time I ever heard of her. Uh, did you see so, it? I mean, did it enter your... I, I did not. I don't think I saw it. I don't remember, but I don't think I saw it. I remember hearing about her and thinking about her, but not actually watching the show. So, Obviously, you didn't since you didn't hear, hear about her. Well, oh. we were friends at the time, yep. and you didn't tell me. I mean, I might have told you. This seems like the sort of thing I would have told you about. So maybe we just don't, both don't remember. Okay, maybe, maybe I was president <laughs> of the Zusha fan club. Like, <laughs> Juliet told me about this great show, everybody. But <laughs> no, no, you were selfishly keeping Zusha all to yourself, and that's why her show failed in the U.S. seems so weird that I would not mention it, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, well, it's not like we would have had a massive conversation. Of, well, we might have actually might had have. a massive conversation about <laughs> You never know. Um, so during her fame in the 80s and 90s in Brazil, um, there was an economic expansion in Brazil, which coincided with the world's highest plastic surgery rates. Um, but Brazil is now looking to people to more closely represent its diversity for its cultural role models. And there's a documentary series out now about Shusha called Shusha the Documentary that has started discussion of diversity, beauty standards, and sexualization in relation to Shusha. I did not track down the documentary. I assumed it's in Portuguese or Spanish. Um, I tried. So I, it's it's yeah. hard. Is it? I figured it probably would be something that would be hard to find in the U.S. Um, so I did, have not watched it. Um, but yeah, so like I mentioned, Brazil is, is a fairly diverse country with about 55% of the country being multiracial or people of color. And the documentary raises questions about whether a thin blonde white woman was an appropriate idol. I think even at the time there were some questions about that. Um, there was a, a New York Times article from the 90s that addressed the issue, uh, which I did not go back to read, but I read about. Um, and the internet has also discussed... She's just worst television moments. For example, one time she said her viewers preferred blonde children. Another time she wore an indigenous headdress. And another time she told a girl um, that she lost a contest on the show because she ate too many fries. So this is all the glory of the 80s and 90s here, especially uh, totally. the 90s when everyone was into very thin people um, and not seeing a problem for uh, addressing somebody's weight. And making children feel shitty, too. I mean, don't forget national pastime. She <laughs> uh, just said of the beauty standard that she represented for Brazilian youth that she quote didn't see it badly. Today we know that it is wrong, and in the documentary series she blames her show's problems on her boss and the culture of the time. But in her interview with the New York Times, which was done in August, she assumed more responsibility and um, was lamented the market may have left on young viewers who don't look like her. God, what trauma I put in the heads of some children, she said. I wasn't the one who made the call, but I endorsed it. I signed off on it. But she does say that she never saw herself as a feminist, and she never tried to live by feminist values. So I think she's just a little confused. Um, in addition, she, and we talked about this a little bit before the show, I think, um, she's been blackmailed, allegedly been blackmailed, to keep a pornographic film that she made at 19 from being made public. Um, part of the problem with the film is that in the movie, she seduces a 12-year-old boy, which is 
extremely questionable, to say the least. Um, the film did come to light in 2013 after she finally allegedly refused to continue paying the blackmailer. And even lately, she's not completely removed herself from controversy. During the pandemic, she suggested using incarcerated people as guinea pigs to test vaccines and medicines so that they could, quote, make themselves useful. Looks like Shusha. Hush. <laughs> um, that's a small problem, Shusha. I, um, I hadn't yeah. tripped over that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not something you want to be saying or thinking. Um, in her August New York Times interview that I mentioned earlier, she said she now has a better understanding of her influence and is trying to push progress in representation, the fight against racism, and beauty standards. She said that the debate about the impact, her, the impact of her media figure has taught her a lot about herself and society. We only learn to do things right when we see that we are on the wrong track, she said. So I think I had to go through all of this to get here. I'm not sure where here is, but I guess trying to push her... Here's the place where she recognizes that while she did not invent the culture yeah. where where this is the beauty standard, right? And yeah. she just happened to be lucky enough to fit that template and then benefit from it. That yeah. She recognizes that by participating and benefiting, she actually also contributed, right? So yeah. there's the thing of like, and I certainly have gone through this uh, through, through the last couple of years, right? Where there's this thing of like, racism's bad. And then, oh, wow, um, not only is racism bad, but I have uh, inadvertently contributed to it. Yeah. Yeah. And benefited from it. Sure. Yep. That's something that we have to think about all the time. Um, but it, in the 80s and 90s, I don't think we were quite there yet. Oh, not at all, please. I, yeah. You know, it would have been the height of theoretical, I don't know, thinking. <laughs> To have yeah. had that conversation, that you would have to be so high to have that conversation in the eighties. <laughs> many people were. That conversation wasn't had. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. So the apology. Um, unless you have more about Shusha that you'd like to share, I do. I have a little Shusha. bit about this film, right? Yes. And so, because uh, in like, what do I know about Brazil? I had a um, American politics class that focused on the constitution and and the professor was amazed oh my god was this woman amazing wow it's the it was the hardest class they ever actually studied for oh wow right um and it felt a little pre-law school and so cool whatever and mm -hmm. part of the course was about the brazilian butt lift and oh, how wow. that kind of came into vogue, but then how the laws around um, who has access to plastic surgery right. um, were formed and basically just has to do with the empowerment of the middle class. But we'll leave that because that's not about this at all, right? Um, so that's basically all I knew about Brazil. And I was like, well, I could talk about Brazilian waxing. I could talk about Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> Um, let me see what's up with this Shusha. And the film was one of the first things that popped up for me. And I was like, oh, huh, wow. okay, what's this? So this film, Amor, Estranjo Amor, Love, Strange mm -hmm. Love, for those of you who don't speak Portuguese or Spanish, um, was a film that was made in 1982 by a Brazilian... Um, director named Walter Hugo Corey. Mm -hmm. 
Now, here's the story. Here's the movie, right? It opens up with an older lady and a young boy walking down the street, and the young boy is holding this envelope, and the old lady is saying to him, okay, now when you go inside, you ask for your mother, and you make sure that she gets that letter, and that's what you have to do, and you have a good time being with your mother, and I will see, and they get up to this mansion, and she leaves them, and he walks through the big gates and up and knocks on the door, and this beautiful woman answers the door, and brings the boy in and so it turns out that his mother is a uh, sex worker who lives in a brothel but she doesn't oh. just live in the brothel she now owns the brothel um, but she's not managing it for some complicated reason who cares so um, of course he the boy's 12 years old he doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. we're seeing this all through his eyes uh, and the house is filled with Beautiful women running around with flowers, setting up flower arrangements and like rearranging furniture, getting ready for big, important event. And the mother's talking to the kid about like, okay, your um, your grandmother dropped you off. She gave you this letter. What is this? And the grandmother is basically like, whore, you owe me money. And <laughs> so the mother's like, oh, um, hmm, why don't you just go up and this will be your bedroom in the attic and... And then the rest of the movie, and the kid's name is Hugo, right? And the writer-director's middle name is Hugo. And so this is very much a story about, this is what I wish my life had been like. Or, (laughs) oh gosh, I had the sexual awakening when I was 12. But but the film is all about, like, um, of course, it's an erotic crime thriller. We'll we'll get on with the story. So, um, yeah, well, according to Wikipedia, I haven't seen it because also it involves a 12-year-old boy um being sexually molested by older women and so yeah. like i don't want that in my search history um no. so th- that's essentially the movie the the women are like oh there's a young innocent boy here in this house of horrors oh this is so silly oh gosh mm. ha 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 little boy you don't know what's going on around you wink wink and then they like flirt with him they walk around topless and oh my God. um not all the time, but like, you <laughs> yeah. know, and then, then the big political men show up because remember the women were all getting the house together and making things right. look nice and putting flowers in places, in vases, I should say, not places. And um, so, so Zhuja plays a sex worker named Tamara. And one of the politicians, some big high muckety muck, wants an innocent young girl who doesn't speak Portuguese but only speaks German. Okay. Uh, whatever, Nazi lover. So um, so Tamara is pretending that she doesn't speak Portuguese and is using, you know, her German, right, to get into the role play with this guy. And the kid has found from the attic has found all these crawl spaces that go all over the house and look into every room. And so he's spying on Tamara, um, who he had seen topless. And um, the politician hears the noise and thinks he's being recorded for being blackmailed. And so he uh, he gets mad and he leaves. And then uh, some other complicated stuff happens around the kid going back to his room and Tamara 
being frustrated because she didn't get to have sex with the politician going mm-hmm. up and seducing the young boy, right? Oh. Which is a scene in the movie, so it's filmed, right? Yeah. And um, and I don't know how graphic it is because, you know, whatever, this is off of Wikipedia, but also right. there's a YouTube summary of it where they show clips from the film and so it's a very soft kind of vaseline on the lens yeah kind of 1980s foreign film production right right so great and um the boy's mother goes up to the room and catches tamra on top of her son and she is not happy and Uh she pulls tamra off of her son and slaps her across the face and chases her down the stairs and then proceeds to make love to her own son Oh, no. Who then, the next day, is on a bus back to his grandmother. Actually, his mom puts him in a car with a private driver. It's not a bus. And that is, well, then that's not the end of the film because then they fast forward to 45 years later where the young boy is an old man who is referred to as your excellency and gives off the vibe of a politician, right? Uh Who is donating his mother's whorehouse to a charity. Oh, my goodness. Finney. Right? And so, sure, um, Shusha was, she said, between 17 and 19. So, she 19, whatever. Yeah, the actor was 12. Um, yeah. Like, not a scene okay. I would film, but... I was going to say, what was she thinking? Um, but at the same time, I also get like, it was the eighties, very early eighties. And it's about a young boy's sexual awakening. And it's not like the boy is crying and screaming when Tamara is, is seducing him. Like, you know, whatever. It's still rape. I mean, of course. Well, I am not going to argue that because I would quickly argue myself into a prison cell. Right. Um, (laughs) but different time and in 1982 the film actually won a couple of awards um it probably was i mean i i live then if i had seen that film when i was that age everybody around me would have been applauding like it would have been all like yay he's sexually awakened now or something like i don't know but you know what i'm saying um it was different for boys than it was for girls yes right it was considered um, to be different at the time. Yes, it definitely considered to be different at the time. Boys were rushed into sexual awakening um, yeah. and girls were delayed. It didn't create any tension between anybody at all, ever. Right. Um, so, so, yes. And then, um, like, they only sold 4,000 copies on VHS of, of the film before Zhuzha later... Uh, obviously, because this takes money, right? Mm-hmm. She's getting famous, and then this film is like, did do well, and well, it did well with some critics, but it didn't like a ton of money. Um, and four thousand VHS copies were out in the world before Shusha was able to like get it closed down. It's illegal to sell the film in Brazil. Oh, right. Interesting. But thanks to the internet. It, I'm sure you can get a hold of some version of it how some way. Um, she did sue Google in pre-2017. She sued Google to uncouple her name so that when you type Zhuzha, pedophile isn't the next word that appears in the search results. 
Oh my gosh. You know, so you get Zhuzha beautiful, Zhuzha thin, Zhuzha mm -hmm. gorgeous, Zhuzha mm -hmm. money, Zhuzha pedophile. Those things don't all go together. <laughs> and uh, she lost. The Brazilian court yes. agreed with Google where they were like, hey, this is kind of public. And yeah. so, sorry. And that's my story of uh, Zhuzha's film. And while she's getting the heat for um, the scene, I will also say there were other actresses in that movie who acted with a 12-year-old child and we're not hearing about them. So clearly she's catching the heat because she's famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The kid grew up to be um, a porno actor. Who would have seen that coming? Who would have seen that coming? Yeah. Well, he did two films. I don't know if that makes him a porno actor. Just a yeah. lucky viewer who got to participate twice. I read about his other film, too. So, Yeah. So I hope he's okay. Um, yeah. So the apology, there wasn't really a specific apology, and I don't think she ever said the words, I'm sorry. Um, so the, it's more um, the, the headline to the New York Times article from August says something like, Shusha is now sorry. Um, but she didn't really say that. She, she just made statements to the times um like i don't i didn't see it as wrong back then today we know it's wrong um and what trauma i put in the heads of some children and as an explanation of the racial makeup of her program she said in the 1980s you couldn't find a soap opera where the maid wasn't black it's not the fault of the shusha show what's at fault is everything that was passed on to us is normal so she was blaming culture and she also um noted that uh, ever since I was a little girl, I was seen as a piece of meat. In her memoirs, she wrote about several moments in her childhood between the ages of 4 and 13 where she was subjected to sexual abuse. She was also told to lose weight, forced to get plastic surgery, and prevented from cutting her hair. A doll has to have long hair, she remembers being told. At the same time, she said, Barbie and I were two winners, two victorious women at a time when only men could do anything. I think that's more than being a feminist. So that's really the content of her character statements <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too um, uh -huh. she's, she's not a feminist um she's better than model. a feminist because she made she's money better than a feminist um so when we look at the um criteria for an apology that we look at every week uh, most of them uh, uh, we don't have any of them so there's not really an expression of regret it's more implied there's no explanation of what went wrong, um, not really an acknowledgement of responsibility. She sort of blamed it on the culture of the time. There's no declaration of repentance, no offer of repair, and no request for forgiveness. So um, if we are looking at this as an apology, I would have to give it a, a zero. Wow. All right. Um, and so I actually gave it higher. How much higher? Yes. I gave it a seven. And a seven? Yes. Um, wow. And admittedly, she didn't say, I'm sorry. But at the same time, I really like her acknowledgement of her own personal responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that that statement of the um, things that she did inside other people's heads. Right. right? That that really struck me as like. Wow, you're you're taking ownership and you don't have to. You're obviously money for me allows people yeah. to do whatever they want. 
Yeah. Um, and the minute they're actually human, they get sevens and tens from me when they apologize. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, she's made her money. She could just float along and not say any of this. But I suppose perhaps, and I don't know what's going on in Brazil. So I don't know if culturally these are big moments where mm-hmm. this is the topic of conversation and this is something that she would only ever be asked in an interview, therefore get ahead of it. Um but I really like that she did acknowledge her own place in yeah. the, I don't know, situation or in, in the culture, right? Oh. Um, would she have walked away from that show in hundreds of millions of dollars? No, of course not. Would yeah. I? No. No, I would not. I, you guys are ugly and I am beautiful. <laughs> Money, please. So um, she's worth like three hundred million dollars today, I think. Yes, and well, on one hand, I would stop at three million, right? I am lazy. (laughs) Um, I I wouldn't turn off the money machine, and neither did she. Um, Yeah, and you know, maybe now that I think about it a little bit more, maybe. Okay, I'm going to go from down from a seven to a four Mm -hmm. because. Your analysis is correct, mm-hmm. uh, but I am still Thank giving you. her big brownie points for taking ownership in her role, even if the culture for culture and money forced her to do it. Okay. If she's okay. better than a feminist. How dare you question her? Yeah, that's right. So then we average a two. Well, yeah, that feels, that feels okay to me too. That, <laughs> a two feels like it. If, it feels fair. Yeah, it it does. And it feels fair based on, Shusha, you don't seem to be a nice person. No. What is up with wanting to infect criminals with illness? And then the other thing you said, which now I can't remember. Um, I'm sure it was terrible. Oh, I mean. (laughs) She doesn't seem very smart. Is the thing, and she she doesn't seem very thoughtful. She she doesn't seem to really understand um, the feminism for one thing, and, and what her role in society. Well, she's has only been. a woman. How could she understand she's, feminism? <laughs> Good point. So uh, let's see. Do you have an apology expected, or who's sorry now this week? I do have an apology expected. Awesome. Um, yes, and I have lost it. So oh, well, I can tell you mine while you're good, looking, please. if you like. Um, so for my apology expected this week, the San Francisco Police Officers Association is claiming that Reams, California, which is an Arab street food restaurant and bakery chain that has locations in the Mission, the Ferry Building, and Oakland, refused to serve a police officer last weekend as part of a supposed company policy to not serve anyone who is armed and in uniform. In a statement sent to SFGate, Reams said its policy is meant to keep guns out of its stores as a way to ensure the safety of its employees. Reams has a deep commitment to uplifting social and racial justice in our communities, the statement said. This includes fostering an environment of safety for our staff and customers. In a time of increased gun violence, particularly impacting people of color, youth, and queer people, we believe that maintaining a strict policy of prohibiting guns in our restaurant keeps us safer. At Reams, we aim to provide a space where people can eat delicious Arab food and work together to strengthen our community without fear of violence or harassment. We invite our community to step up and join us in creating that culture of care and resilience. And I'm saying that I'm expecting an apology from Reams. I don't want one. I would prefer that they not apologize for not letting in uh, armed officers uh, and serving armed officers. 
but I expect that they will apologize because uh, a couple years ago, I think in 2021, we had a similar instance in San Francisco uh, in which they did end up apologizing. So um, I, I think they will they will bow to the pressure of uh, the Police Officers Association and society, maybe society in general. I mean, San Francisco used to be a place where you could say something like this and, and not be shamed into changing your mind, but I'm not sure it's like that anymore. So. So that's my apology expected. Well, I'm going to say, don't want to get on the wrong side of cops ever, mm. ever, 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 right? Um, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, too. Um, I mean, they should be able to ban guns. Maybe the way around it is to ban all guns, not just armed officers, but not just people in uniform with guns, but anybody with a gun. I think that would be fair. That would be fair, but that's also too logical and too easy. So we have to do something that's going to upset somebody. Otherwise, there's no point in getting out of bed in the morning if you're not going to, like, piss someone off. Offend somebody. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I have an apology expected, and it is from the Tokyo Electric Power Company. Oh. Yes. Um, so they are releasing over the next 40 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than 500 Olympic swimming pools filled Jesus. with radioactive water from the Fukushima uh, nuclear power plant. And um, that can only not be good. Treated radioactive water. Well, yes. But I don't know what that means. I don't know how you treat radioactive water. If you could treat radioactive materials, you think there wouldn't be a problem in, in Chernobyl. Exactly. Um, and so I didn't dive that far into it. Um, yeah. There's a water pun there. Dive. Get it? Thank you. <laughs> I get one. it. Yeah. Didn't even realize it happened until after I said it. <laughs> That's how smart I am. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. My my guess is that uh, that won't last very long. They'll do it for a little while. And then one three-headed fish is going to, like, appear somewhere. Uh-huh. And then everyone's going to be like, nope. I wonder where the water is now and why they can't leave it there. I, 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 there's, there's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing. This is beyond <laughs> us. It's, it's involves water. That's kind of scientific. We don't know. Yeah. 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 Radioactivity. We did do a program on Madame Curie. So we are sort of radiation experts. experts. Yes. Yes. But we haven't done one on water yet. So maybe next time we'll do one on water. We need a diver to apologize for something. When they apologize. When water apologizes. Water. I'm sorry. i thought they actually did release some of the water is that not true they're just planning on it or do we do we not have any way of knowing that either uh there's no way to know that because the (laughs) article that i didn't fully read didn't have that in the first three paragraphs yeah 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 (laughs) all right well, if anyone wants to write to us and tell us, we will read your email. <laughs> or, or I could just send you this news article, and then you could read it, and then and you could, could tell it. me. I could Google it. Yes. But we're trying to get some interacti- interactivity going on here, though. So, so write to us and tell us. And write to us with your favorite apology, or your least favorite apology, or your most embarrassing moment, or your favorite fruit. We don't care. Oh, oh, favorite fruit. That sounds so interesting. No, your favorite <laughs> apology. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, great. So, on that note, we'll be back next week, I think. Wait, am I going to be here next week? We'll have to talk about that off the air. Um, Everyone, have a great week. Stay cool, cucumbers, and don't trip potato chips.
listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>